I want to be the best. You know, when I say that, I say that, you know, humbly. I, I, I really do. I want to be the best tight end. You know, I'm not there yet. There's a lot of things I have to work on. It was way different from my first year. And, you know, I had Jalen Ramsey following me around the whole game. You know, I'm a, I'm a tight end. You know, why is he covering me the whole game? So obviously he's had some, you know, a few choice words and, and says some things, but I let it slide because the scoreboard was up. How many times have you talked about frozen pizza on the podcast before yesterday? Any? Ever? Zero? Never. You've talked about peanut butter a thousand times. You've not stopped talking about peanut butter. You talked to the team president about peanut butter. You have <laughs> on and on about peanut butter. That should be a win for me right there. No, no. Welcome into the lounge. We have a big time, big time guest. We got a pro bowler. It's been a while. It's been a while since, well, I did it on that big loss and that just didn't feel right. So I'm glad we got this one. Yeah. Well, when you did it on the big loss, you had to kind of take some of the gusto out of it. You can't go all in for that. Exactly. But, well, my kids are napping too. So if I do the full big, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> we're in trouble. Anyway, we have Mark Andrews, pro bowl tight end. Mark Andrews on with us today. Uh, check in how he's doing amongst all this craziness of COVID-19 and just, uh, you know, his take on Hayden Hurst and what he expects from himself next year. So a lot of good stuff. But before we get into that, we, of course, have to review the results of the draft. Well, why don't we, why don't we tease that and then get into the interview with Mark and read the draft results? You know, we've You're got some hoping, good emails. Yeah, you're just hoping to get one last-minute email here that comes down on your side. Spoiler alert, I was the unanimous, unanimous winner. I'm off the schneid, Garrett. It's my time <laughs> to shine, baby. All right, we'll talk about that after the interview with Mark. And as always, you guys can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. So let's go ahead and welcome in our guest, tight end Mark Andrews. Mark, I got to start with this. Uh, you referenced in the conference call with reporters that you have a prison workout system <laughs> in the backyard. <laughs> right. can, can you yep. can you describe this a little bit more for us? Yeah, so uh, you know, just thinking of ways to you know work out. I bought a I bought a bench and a bunch of just like free weights and a, and a mat out there, and I've got a um, some turf in the backyard. So just you know, going out there every day, lifting, um, doing pull ups, things like that. that um, you know, a kind of reference to kind of like a prison workout, just making it up and, and doing your own thing. I feel like it, it better not be like a nice backyard. Like it has to be chopped up and like a lot, <laughs> mostly dirt. <laughs> I don't know if it's full on like dirt and everything like that. You know, it's, there's some nice parts of the backyard, but we make it work. All right. Here's a tough question. If Mark Andrews were in prison for something, <laughs> what would, what would he be in prison for? <laughs> That's a tough question. I don't know. Um, yeah, you got to be careful with how you answer that. <laughs> I'll let the people decide for sure. I'm not, all right. All right. All right. I'll let that slide. So just so, how's, how's it been for you? How, what's, this, what's this process like for you? Um, you know, it's been, it's been good. You know, this for me, this offseason has definitely been, you know, probably my best one you know, to date, you know, just in terms of um, working out every day, you know, taking care of my body and, and just doing everything right. Um, you know, I've kind of, you know, perfected that through the last two years of off seasons. And, um, you know, I feel really good, you know, but it's a crazy time right now with everything going on and, and you know, not being able to go places and work out and, and see people. So um, it's different in that aspect, but again, you know, I've, I found ways to, to get around that and I'm using it and 
um, just trying to get better, you know, each and every day. And, you know, I'm taking that mindset and just attacking the day. Not to harp too much on the, on the workout piece of it. I'm just curious if you were to compare it to what you were to do last year or two years ago, is your routine, I mean, completely different in terms of the workouts that you're doing, who you're doing it with, where you're doing it. I mean, is it been completely upended from a physical workout standpoint? Yeah. You know, I, I would say it's definitely evolved for sure. And, um, you know, I think, you know, the, what's going on with the pandemic and this virus, it's, it's kind of, you know, forced you to have it a little bit different than, um, in years past. And, and so you can't go to these, you know, facilities and work out with people and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I'm fortunate to, to be able to, to work it out in my house. But, you know, again, there's the stuff that we're doing is just way different than what we're used to. When the season ended, I know you guys had the exit interviews, meet with the coaches and all that. Was there something that you came out of that time saying, okay, I really want to improve on this. Yeah. You know, I don't know if there was a, you know, like a coach's meeting or anything like that. You know um, I know for me, um, you know, one of the big things for me has always been blocking, you know, it's always going to be that, but um, just being upper body, getting it stronger. And, you know, I've, I've taken the soft season to get, you know, stronger with my upper body. You know, that's something that's been a focal point for me. And then I'm um, going to continue working on the things that, that I'm good at, you know, route running and, um, understanding the game. And so just, just trying to, you know, evolve your games in every way um, possible. You know, I'm not, you know, where I need to be, you know, I wasn't where I needed to be last year. Um, there's a step above where, you know, I was last year that I want to take and I want to be this year. And I know I will take it and I know I'm going to take it. So can you tell us where you are right now? Um, I'm almost uh, like, what do you mean? Where, I, where I am? Like, where's where you're, you're in your, this is your house. What's, what's the situation here? It looks fancy. This wood ceiling thing going on. Um, yeah, so my brother and I bought a house, um, in Arizona about two years ago, um, or a year and a half ago. And so just been living here. Um, yeah, I got a little like rude, rude, uh, wood panels on top, but you know, love living here. Um, you know, Arizona's home for me. So, um, it's been awesome living here with my brother. I've, I've see, I've never heard somebody buying a house with their brother. This is, that's a first thought <laughs> for me. Yeah. You know, it's a, I've got a super close family. You know, my family and I are, are, you know, almost inseparable. So, um, for me to be able to live with my brother, um, it's been incredible. You know, we're, we're best friends and, um, you know, I love it. You know, I love him to death and uh, we're having a great time. Well, I remember last off season, you came back and you were talking about how you're working on your, your blocking. And we all asked you, well, who, who did you work with? And you <laughs> said, basically you were kicking your brother's foot up and down the field. <laughs> so this is the same brother who's ass you kick. Yeah. The same brother's <laughs> ass that I kick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He says, if we're going to do it again this year, I've got to get a pad so I can block him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially now. I mean, now you're in lockdown. You guys spend a lot more time together. You know, you're in this space. So it's like if it's going poorly out there on the practice field or whatever, the backyard, you can't, you can't escape him. Yeah, there's no escaping it now. So we got to be smart. <laughs> <laughs> what are you so, doing when you're not working out, Mark? Um, you know, there's not much to do right now. So <clears throat> I do – I live like two miles away from my parents. So I go over there a lot. You know, I see my grandparents a lot and, um, you know, I'm a family guy. So I love going to see my family and, and hanging out with them. You know, I'm trying to, trying to use this time as much as possible. Um, cause you know, I'm in Baltimore, you know, over half the year. So just using this time to, to enjoy my family, you know, take advantage of that. Have you watched Tiger King on Netflix? <laughs> yeah, I have. I have. Sure. <laughs> Carol Baskin Wait, definitely killed her husband. So. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree, no doubt. Is the theory out there that she fed them to the tigers? I like watched one episode and I didn't. I haven't watched any more. 
Yeah, I think it's either that or she, you know, I don't know what she did. She like, put him down the well. Or, there's a bunch of different theories, but um, she definitely did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you stopped after one, Mink. I mean, I started with one and I didn't quite realize at the time that it was a full series. I was like, wow, that was that was crazy. And then I realized that it was full seven episodes. I'm like, I can't stop watching this, even though it is terrible. But I don't know. Everyone's talking about it. So I felt I'm like in I had on, to jump I'm in. in. I'm in on uh, Better Call Saul or whatever. Better Call Saul. That's, yeah, a, that's, a, that's a feed off of, um, what's that feed off of? Uh, Breaking Bad. Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad, yeah. Right. It's like the mm-hmm. prequel. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta yeah, watch yeah. that. <laughs> so, so, all right. So I want to go back to something you said. You, you talked about how you feel like there's another level to your game. I mean, you already mm-hmm. were playing at a really high level. You made a Pro Bowl in your second season. Uh, led the team in all these different receiving categories. What does a higher level look like to you? I want to be the best. And, um, you know, when I say that, I say that, you know, humbly. I, I, I really do. I want to be the best. And, you know, I want to be the best tight end. And, um, you know, I'm not there yet. There's a lot of things I have to work on. Um, you know, blocking is one of them. You know, I think I've, you know, made strides in that area. And I know, you know, the team trusts me. And um, so, you know, I'm making strides and I'm trying to do all these different things and, you know, learning, you know, different routes, how to run routes and just ways to get open. You know, a lot of attention, um, you know, during last year was, you know, focused on me. So just trying to trying to beat man coverage and stuff like that is, is going to be big. So um, trying to do everything I can to, to reach the point of, of being the best and, and be the best um, for a long time. And, and that's where I want to be. Who do you look at as uh, the guys you have to overtake? Right. I know. I know. George Kittle, obviously, he's put up big receiving numbers and is, is a pretty nasty blocker. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, we, there's a lot of comp, lot of really good tight ends out there right now. Yeah, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Who do you look at? I mean, George Kittle is, you know, definitely, you know, the guy that's, you know, up there right now. And um, Travis Kelsey is, you know, second to none. So those two guys are kind of in their, you know, a tier to themselves. Um, but um, there's a lot of good guys, you know, behind them. Um, you know, there's guys like Zach Ertz and, um, you know, you look at Darren Waller the year he had, and there's so many, you know, players that you're kind of stepping up. So um, a lot of competition with the tight ends. And um, that's what's fun about it. You, know, you got to keep it competitive um, in your mind and, and use that as fire. Did you see teams change the way they defended you over the course of like kind of the, the secrets out? Like you're not catching anybody by surprise anymore. People know that you're a really good tight end. Did you see that they defended you differently maybe in the second half of the year? No doubt. You know, I was, it was, you know, way different from my first year. And, um, you know, I had Jalen Ramsey, you know, following me around the whole game um, when we played them and, you know, I'm, I'm a tight end, you know, why is he covering me the whole game? So, um, you know, there was different things like double coverage and stuff like that, that they keyed in on a lot of stuff on third down. Um, you know, it's one of the downs that I'm good at. So um, it definitely changed. And, and, you know, again, it goes back to, you know, I got to be better. I got to be, you know, better for those type of situations where, you know, the defense may lock in on me, but it doesn't matter. What went through your mind when Jalen Ramsey was shadowing you? <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was a good competition. You know, he's uh, obviously a great player and um, I was excited to go against him, but at the same time, you know, that leaves someone else to be open. And, uh, you know, all those guys stepped up that game. So it was awesome. I mean, he, He's he's known as, as maybe one of the biggest trash talkers in the league. You kind of quietly, I've seen you talk trash, especially on the practice field. I've seen it. <laughs> so you guys obviously got the better of them that game. Were you doing much talking that game? Um, no, I didn't think I need, needed to. You know, it was almost like a, a silent killer type of thing. You know, he's uh, <laughs> obviously had some, you know, a few choice words and, and says some things. But, you know, I, I let it slide because the scoreboard was up. <laughs> Are you going to bring keep going with the, the thing this year? Salt bag. Uh, 
the salt bay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't do as much last year, um, to be honest, but you know, I, I'm definitely going to still do it. You know, I love doing it. I think it's fun. You know, I think it's a, um, a good thing for like fans and just to have fun with the game. You know, you always got to think of, you know, ways to um, make things exciting and, and fun in your own head. And um, to me, that's one of them. Um, may yeah. think of some other things and, and unique things to do, but um, that's definitely one of the trademarks. So, so we, uh, we want to talk about Hayden, obviously a little bit, and I know you talked about it a few days ago, but you know, I know you said, you said you were shocked by the trade, but I kind of took that to mean like anytime a, a friend gets traded, it's shocking, but I had to imagine that you kind of saw that like that might happen, right? That like in your conversations with Hayden, he probably expressed like, man, like I kind of like an opportunity, a bigger opportunity, you know, like, was there some of that? Um, you know, there's definitely, you know, I don't know if frustration is the word, but, you know, you see Hayden and he's a, obviously a great, great player. And, um, you know, that's frustrating, you know, as a player yeah. to, to be a very good player, you know, you're a good player and, uh, to not have as many opportunities as you know you want. Um, and you know, with the situation, it was just a weird situation. Um, but, um, he stayed professional the whole time and you couldn't, you know, see that, you know, really by his body language or anything. So, um, you know, just talking with him, it's, it was a, it was a shock to me. I just didn't, you know, know it was coming. Um, he didn't say anything. So, um, you know, that was, it was just kind of a, you know, all of a culmination of, you know, not knowing and then, you know, finding out he's getting traded. But again, you know, I've, I've been so close to Hayden for, for so long. We came in together, you know, we've been best friends and, um, you know, I'm excited for him. You know, I'm excited for him to, to go do his thing because I know he is. Yeah. How did you guys, how did you guys like keep that, from being awkward because you know, I mean, really you stepped into the vacuum when he suffered his injury, his rookie year. And just, you never, you were so good that, you know, the door was closed to a degree. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so like you hear his frustration and kind of see it and, and, but you're the, the reason kind of, right. You're like, <laughs> like I mentioned, you're kind of like, eh. I don't, you know, like how, how can you yeah. be such good friends and, and avoid that awkwardness? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. Um, you know, Hayden and I, you kind of grew up very similar. Um, you know, he, you were, were very similar people. we got similar traits and, you know, personalities. And um, it was very much of like a healthy competition. You know, we were, you know, obviously, you know, very good friends, best friends now off the field. Um, and then when it came on the field, it was, you know, competing with one another. And um, I think that made us better, you know, pushed us, made us, you know, work harder, um, you know, constantly during practice, you know, who's running faster, you know, who's, you know, making more catches, stuff like that. So um, it wasn't, you know, one of those things where, you know, he was blaming me for you know, not playing as much or, or, or anything like that. You know, it was um, a healthy competition between he and I, and, um, you know, that's the way it should be. You know, I think, yeah. you know, you, when you, when you get to the point of, uh, you know, it turns sour. That's not good for the team. And at the end of the day, uh, we're both team guys. So you guys called yourselves a three-headed monster last year. I'm sure they're probably going to get another tight end, maybe in a draft or free agency. Do you expect to kind of welcome in another another member of that three-headed monster pretty quickly? Yeah, you know, I, I think that there's definitely going to be some more guys bring in. Um, obviously, Chuck. Um, um, we have, you know, three right now and, um, you know, all those guys are going to have, you know, opportunities to, to do their thing. And, um, you know, depending on who we bring in, um, it's going to be a competition, you know, just like any other, you know, position on our team, it's going to be a competition and, um, it's going to be fun. You know, I'm excited to see, you know, how it shakes out. 
So uh, we talked a lot about the draft, and you know, obviously, that there's kind of a love affair with Oklahoma guys. Mm-hmm. You obviously being one of them, Hollywood last year, Orlando. So is, it gonna, is that trend going to continue this year? Kenneth Murray it could be certainly the option. Is he going to be the pick at 28? And t- what do you know about him? <laughs> Tell us about Kenneth Murray. Um, you know, I'd love to say that he is. You know, I know that, you know, obviously um, Eric DaCosta loves Oklahoma guys and, you know, it's kind of worked out for him in, in the past with, you know, recently, um, you know, um, Orlando and I and then Ben and Marquise, you know, all great players. And so uh, we'll see, obviously. But, you know, Kenneth is a – he's a kind of a unique guy. He's a, you know outspoken person, very much a leader. Um, he has that kind of Ray Lewis, you know, motivational type speeches, you know, that, you know, everyone loves to hear. Um, he's got that mindset, you know, the killer mindset and, uh, you know, loves to play football. You know, that's the main thing is, um, loves to go out there, fly around, hit people. And that's what you're looking for a linebacker. You know, he's going to lead the team, lead the defense. And, um, that's the type of player he is. Well, I think the question is, is it a offensive Oklahoma thing or does this also apply to the defense? How good is Oklahoma's defense pretty good or what? Oklahoma's dogs, you know, Oklahoma's <laughs> going to have dogs all the way around. So, um, it's a different, you know, the program breeds, um, you know, guys like that, you know, guys that work hard and, and come in, um, come in each and every day to, to get better. And, and that's what we, that's what they preach there. And, and that's what you're going to get when you draft guys from Oklahoma. Well, Garrett, I'm shocked you didn't bring up CD lamb. I well, thought that I, was your, I, that's your dream scenario. I know I was just going to get to that. Like my dream scenario is either that he falls a little bit and then maybe we trade up and get him is, would that be the dream scenario for you too? Uh, I hope he doesn't fall. You know, I love CD. Fall, uh, no, sh- sh- falls to us. He falls to us. <laughs> um, yes, I hope he falls to us. He's, a, <laughs> he's insane, though. He's an incredible receiver. Um, he's a pleasure to play with. Great teammate. Um, I can't say enough good things about him. Um, he's going to tear this league up. You know, everyone kind of compares him to like a DeAndre Hopkins type of guy, and you know, it's a it's a pretty good comparison. Now, you're doing you're doing this wrong. You got to say all the bad things that you've heard about him. Tarnish his name. You got to tell it not a, a locker room problem. Say all that stuff so that all the other GMs that are listening to this they get scared off. That's the way you got to. Because all the GMs listen to our. They podcast listen to this now. religiously. They listen to this religiously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mark. So I don't know if you knew this, but. Last year before the season, Garrett and I, we always make our predictions, right, for different stats, leaders, and whatnot. And we hit it on the head with you, all right? We, we don't get a lot of things right. We get most things wrong. But we said leader in catches, yards, and touchdowns across the board, Mark Andrews. Can we get so, uh, an appreciation? Something? <laughs> Thank you guys for believing in me. I appreciate that. Um... <laughs> That's very much appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that kind of your expectation every year though? Like as you talk about next steps and all that stuff, like is that your your goal and your expectations to to be the leader in those categories? You know, as long as you're playing. Um, you know, obviously, you know, being more of like a receiving tight end, it's you know, obviously that's kind of how you know how many catches, how many yards, and touchdowns you have kind of indicates you know how the, how a season that you had was, but. Um, again, I'm a team guy, you know, I, I've always been a team guy. Um, I'm always going to take, you know, what, you know, what I get. And, um, you know, luckily last year, you know, things worked out and had a good year, um, had, you know, led some categories, but that, at the end of the day, that doesn't mean anything. It's all about winning. And, um, you know, our end goal is not what it was last year. You know, we, we fell short and, um, you know, I didn't play good enough. You know, other guys didn't play good enough and um, that's not going to cut it. So, 
um, looking forward, um, you know, I'm not, I don't go into the season thinking, hey, I want to be a leader in touchdowns, interceptions, and yards on the team. Um, that doesn't go through my mind. It's, you know, I want to win a Super Bowl. Well, and the other part, part B of that is, I better put up bigger numbers than Hayden does in Atlanta. hopefully i'll see him in the in the pro bowl if that works out (laughs) nice well mark thank you for joining us uh be safe stay hey you said you went to your grandparents house i'm a little concerned were you in two weeks of self-quarantine before you did that (laughs) i've actually been talking to them through the through the screen door in their backyard (laughs) (laughs) okay all right good man good man that's right we got to be safe so stay (laughs) safe mark and hope everything continues to go well for you and your training and everything else, man. Appreciate it. Good talking with you guys. All right. All thanks, man. Well, awesome stuff from Mark. Uh, really appreciate him joining us. Would Garrett, do you think you would like to share a house with your brothers? You sure, have two I, brothers. I think that'd be fun. I mean, look, he, like, they're not married. They're single guys. And you get to hang out with your brother and live uh, in your hometown. I think that'd be pretty fun. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Brothers would be good roommates. Yeah. I think, I and and he talked he's ta- he talked about how he likes to do they like to work out together and that's important to them. So like, you got your workout buddy, your tackling dummy, I guess in this case for Mark, <laughs> and I think that's probably fun. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. I, well, the question though is, you know, when you're seeing a girl, and I should have asked Mark this, you know, you bring the girl back and your brother's there. Well, that's no one's little. Seen- no one's seeing any girls these days. You know, they're on lockdown. That's true. How does dating, you know, I've been out of the game for so long. How's dating <laughs> work during COVID-19? I think there's probably a lot of text messages. <laughs> a lot of sliding into those DMs? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, let's get to the most important topic here. And that is the uh, listener response to our bunker draft. Yeah. And as I tease the top, I am the winner. Well, let, let me just say, let me just say this: You're rushing the assessment of no. the bunker draft. You said right before we started taping that you wanted to go ahead and get it out of the way today because there was a couple emails that said you were the winner. So you wanted to just tape this Unanimous. segment now, Unanimous before winner. any come in. In my defense, I and now also I know how did, you now I know how Lamar felt when he got unanimous MVP. It's it's just the same thing for me right now. You know. Also, I don't know that you're unanimous. Well, I'll let you read your emails, but our great, uh, you know, director of digital media, Dave Lang, who's got no. a great insight, great thoughts. No. Dave said, Dave's vote doesn't count. Said that once again, he said he came into this draft feeling like it was going to be a win for you after all the bunker talk that you done. But again, <laughs> you fell short. And so that's a win for me. That's a win for me. Dave Thank doesn't you, Dave. count. Thank Dave, you, Dave. Dave still thinks that you nail the mock draft every year. <laughs> it's been three years since you did. All right. What emails you got? Here's the emails. This one comes from Jesse Niederberger. Jesse said, I have a hard time picking winner, but on the strength of pizza, ramen noodles, and coffee, coffee was my last pick, I would go with mink. And if you can't get to the store to buy any fresh fruit, applesauce wouldn't be a bad option. See, this guy, this guy knows what's up. All right. (laughs) Um, So beyond that, to the football, he was thinking – if the top wide receivers, edge rusher, and edge rushers are off the table, and Murray and Queen are gone, or if they don't want an inside linebacker in the first round, how about this scenario? You trade back into the top of the second round, and then maybe later into the second round, and come away with at least three second round picks in which right. you get maybe a wide receiver, 
maybe an, an interior offensive lineman or an edge inside linebacker. Right. What do you think of that? Getting three second round picks plus if you trade back right. into the second. Obviously, you're picking up a, even more ammunition. Right. A fourth or a third, third whatever it is. Whatever depending it is. on how far yeah. you trade back, obviously. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think there's always a potential for the Ravens to trade back. I, I don't, as much as I've talked about, I think that this could be the year where they move up. I don't think that I would be shocked at all if they end up trading back, especially if the linebackers are off the board, especially if those pass rushers who may, you know, Chase on is gone, say Gross Matos is gone, and you don't feel like the receivers at that spot would be much better than you would get early in the second round, then what's the point of not trading back and adding picks? So yeah. I don't think that this is – as much as I like the idea of maybe trading up in the first round, I by no means – think it would be a shock to see the Ravens move back. Yeah, I would agree with that. Having a like the first pick in the second round or a very high pick in the second round is extremely valuable because you get that night to kind of sit on it, restack your board. Obviously, I think a lot will depend on how like like uh, Ken said, how the ball the board falls, right? Who's available there? If there's three or four guys that the Ravens really like at pick number 28 and because they have a variety of different needs. I mean, I I think it's interesting this this Blacklock uh player that Todd McShay projected to the Ravens, a defensive tackle where you don't think that that will be a possibility, but hey, you look at it and that defensive line as stacked and talented as it is is up there in age. Yeah, yeah. So like I think that's an interesting pick. Yeah. Could he be had a little bit later? Or um, like uh Caesar Ruiz, the the offensive lineman from Michigan. Right. Sure. Like, say you were to move back to the 36th pick and yeah. you take him. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that it's an intriguing scenario uh, as much as I love making a first round pick. Uh, yeah. It's always like a bummer when you get to the end of the first round, you didn't make a pick. You're like, oh, I just, <laughs> four oh. hours of time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're getting off the, the main topic here of the emails and that's to praise my draft. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also like this email uh, from Eric Vowles. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, well done, guys, during this crazy time. We live in Texas, and my wife is a nurse. Stay at it. Uh, thank you to your wife, Eric. Big props to her. Uh, he, Eric said, Mink totally decimated this draft, hands down. <laughs> That's strong. That's strong. <laughs> he said, toilet paper? Come on, man. <laughs> Are we allowed to say this? They just keep it, let's just not read that part. Let's keep it rolling. All right, I'll, just, I would, I would yeah. go, TP your blank tp your bike <laughs> i like the reference um he says only weak pick for mink was applesauce which the other guy i disagreed with and i agreed with garrett on tuna you know here's the thing the more i thought about it oh sorry let me finish otherwise mink for the domination win yeah um <laughs> when i thought about it more i was pretty distraught not to get peanut butter because as we all know i'm a huge peanut butter guy but uh pizza is like way a way better pick in this scenario i mean really how much can you eat peanut butter just by itself i could have pizza by itself for every meal of the day every day yeah pizza has but you know what let let me ask you this question how many times have you talked about frozen pizza on the podcast before yesterday any ever zero never you've talked about peanut butter a thousand times. You've yeah. not stopped talking about peanut butter. You talked to the team president about peanut butter. You have <laughs> on and on about peanut butter. That should be a win for me right there. No, no. I love peanut butter. 
I'm not taking anything away from peanut butter on the surface. I'm just saying in a bunker scenario, if you're looking for something to fill you up, pizza is the way better. Call. Plus, I mean, pizza, I think, is my favorite food. It's my favorite food. Also, in this bunker scenario, you got to prepare for all options. And one of those is a power shortage. And the freezer goes out. So now you have a bunch of spoiled pizza. <laughs> While for no, me, peanut butter it. works in all situations. So oh, I, I my God. That's, and my bottled water at the end. Well, when you get to the last pick, you kind of got to take a flyer. You know, it's a risky pick at the end of the, the final pick of the draft for me. So I go water. What if all the water stops working? The, the water system of the United States goes out. You are going to be in a lot of trouble. You're going to have some major issues. Me, on the other hand, I've got endless supply and endless supply of bottled water. I'm in a great See, spot. I have a creek right down the, right down the street for me. I go down <laughs> to the creek, just start lapping it up out of there. <laughs> How many times have you drank the creek water? No, no, here's the problem is if everybody else has a toilet paper shortage, they might, and they, and they don't have the bidet, what are they using the creek for? Also so that could, be, that could be a problem. I need to get a water purification system now. <laughs> so I'm not getting sewage. Anyway, we got a lot of things to still sort out, but I think it's clear that I'm the winner. All right. I think it's, it's, it's not clear that you're the winner and we want yeah. some more emails. So send those in, defend me people, the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Keep them coming. Anyway, thank you for listening. And we will be back with you next week with more get, you know what? Maybe this is the week that Mel Kuyper happens. This could be- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not thrown in the towel, Mel. Just know that. All right. I'm relentless. Rel- I, I, I'm going to get my old relentless t-shirt out. I'm relentless, Mel, all right? So we're going to be back with you next week. Thanks for listening.